Patrick Elias with 2.32 left in the third. And the Devils have taken a 2-1 lead. Here's Grossman with a wrist shot and Bodor snatches it out of midair. Here's 88. Lindros makes the move. And Lindros is powered down to the ice by Scott Stevens. What is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm still your host, Trey Matthews. As you guys know, it is going to be crossover week for this week because I am away, and next week will be guest stars. So today we are going to do a two-parter with Locked On Kings featuring Sarah. So what are we going to be talking about? Unfortunately, we're going to have to be talking about the 2012 Stanley Cup, the one that got away, the one that slipped away, the one that's a heartbreak, and the one that began our rebuilding long, long four or five years after that. I think anybody can remember. Part one is basically an explanation of how our teams got to the Stanley Cup in the first place, and then part two will mainly focus on what went right for the Kings and what went wrong for the Devils and the overall aftermath of that unfortunate heartbreak. Just to give you guys some insight. So without further ado, let's begin our two-part crossover. From Locked On NHL and Locked On Kings, it's Sarah. Sarah, how you doing? I am doing pretty good. I am real excited about what we've got to talk about today because I think it'll make my listeners happy. I don't know how happy your listeners are going to be about it. Hey, I said it in my first episode, we are going to have to revisit this and we are going to have to talk about it. Now, what are they talk? What are they talking about? You might ask, well, judging by the title of this episode, we are going to revisit the 2012 Stanley cup finals against the Los Angeles Kings and the New Jersey devils. What went right for our season? What went wrong at the wrong possible time? So let's just get into it. So, obviously, the New Jersey Devils, they had a lot of question marks. Uh, Zajac was going to be out with an Achilles injury uh, for a minute. So, there was just questions at center. But who was big for us? Adam Henrique. He was so big for the Devils. He he played in 74 games, had 16 goals, 35 assists for a total of 51 points. Needless to say, he was a finalist for the Calder Memorial Trophy. Obviously, he didn't win it. But still, that, that was huge that we had such a young guy generating those big amount of numbers for us. And, you know, just from Alex Ponikarowski, he was big. He was he was traded in, from the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and they he was just playing fourth line for them. But when he joined the Devils in 33 games, seven goals, 11 assists, and 18 points. And team at center, Eliash, Henrique, and Zajac, that was a pretty scary – that was a pretty scary trio to see. So – you know, just uh, just a lot going on for the Devils, and we we had a miracle uh, playoff run, and it led us to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, Sarah, do you want to add anything for your Kings? Yeah, I think for the Kings, this team was kind of the culmination, really, of like all the work Dean Lombardi had been doing as GM to like build this team culture in this room of guys who would, you know, all run through walls for each other and all this stuff and all of the like little weird machinations, little weird trades and stuff that he made over the years, uh, you know, players that he signed that like today you look at, you're like, really, I would use that draft pick on Cal Clifford, a guy who never scores goals, but like, 
you know, that just, just seeing all of the little pieces and bits and bobs that he put together over the years. Um, and then of course, swinging for the fences with getting Jeff Carter and Mike Richards, both in the same season. Um, you know, one of those turned out a little better than the other long down the road, but uh, I feel like this team was truly like, Dean Lombardi's tenure obviously did not end well with the Kings because he's no longer here. But if you want to look at like what he did and what he did well, it really was building this room of guys who probably should not have won, um, but who were all able to kind of come together and rise up to be like better than the sum of their parts or whatever. And it, it was kind of like the beginning of the very brief window of the Kings being a maybe possibly dynasty, depending on how you want to define it. Uh, and I think that it, it's something that the Kings are still looking back at trying to recapture. And so looking at it now, eight years later, um, you, you can see what they were trying to do and you can see what they're trying to do now in like sort of the echoes of that 2012 cup team and how they all came together. Um, it, it's been really interesting looking back on it. Cause there's a lot of guys who I'm like, Oh, I forgot about you. Uh, or like, Oh, you actually weren't as good as everyone thought they were. Or that season saw the emergence of guys like Alex Martinez, uh, Alec Martinez, who, you know, became a stalwart defense defenseman for the team. Uh, you get to see a lot of the seeds of what made the Kings great for a handful of seasons before it all fell apart again. You know, you talked a lot about Diamond and the Rough, and I feel like that's what Lou Lamorello did for the Devils, who's the former GM at the time. So, you know, just, just making those trades, getting those young guys. And we had a lot of star power. You know, Ila Kovachuk, Patrick Eliash, Henrik. And, hey, we still had two-thirds of the Devils' famous A-line in Peter Sikora and Patrick Eliash, even though Peter Sikora was getting was much older and still only putting up 44 points. And, he was that that's still pretty decent. So and Elias put up 78 points. And I, I feel like you hit the nail on the head, just diamonds in the rough, whether it be our veterans, whether it be the young guys, trades, pickups. And we still had a pretty killer fourth line, if if I do say so myself. So the fourth line, even though they put didn't put up the big numbers like the true starters, they still were a scary thing to see for the devils. And I think that's what what you hit the nail on the head, which was just diamond in the rough essentially yeah i think about that a lot with um with guys like cal clifford and jordan nolan and people who trevor lewis like people who are not dwight king like they're not guys who are known as offensive you know firepower you know they don't score they don't you know they're not your elite players but you know they became those sort of sorts of guys who kind of like knit the team together and really helped create a culture for the Kings of, you know, team first and all this stuff. And, um, you know, looking back on it, you know, Andre Kopitar, of course, is, you know, a phenomenal player still is Dustin Brown led the team in points in the postseason in, in that, uh, in that season. Um, but when you look at that series, you really do kind of think of, you know, the lesser known, not star power kind of guys. And I think the guys on the team too would say that of, you know, there, there's always going to be, you know, the, the big, the big star guys, but they, I think any of those guys on that team would point towards those sort of underappreciated players who were more the heart and soul of the team and enabled them to, you know, win a Stanley Cup that I don't think they had necessarily any rights to do. Uh, okay, they, okay, they, okay. Well, I mean, they snuck the into the playoffs. Like, 
<laughs> uh, you're making this you're making this way better than it actually is, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> so, oh, if they had no business being there, why why did they hoist up that trophy then? Oh man, right? And, magic. Uh, magic. And oh boy, uh, oh, where was I? Oh yeah. So after the trade deadline, after moves by the Devils GM, they went 13-6-2. They were absolutely one of the hottest teams after the trade deadline, and that was key for them when they went to the playoffs. And actually, before we uh, just dive into the playoffs and what went right, what went wrong, let's talk about our respective goalies. So Martin Brudor, uh, 59 games played, went 31-21. and 21. Uh, his save percentage was 908, three shutouts. You know, he, goals against average was 2.41. So, you know, Marty was getting up there in age and, you know, he wasn't as dominant as he once was, but still a very, very solid uh, goaltender for the for the Devils. And let's face it, Brudor is one of the best goalies to ever lace him up. That's just my full-fledged opinion. And, uh, yes, and we forgive him for joining the St. Louis Blues uh, for the 2014-2015 season. You can't play with the same team all the time. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was slowing down a little bit, but he was still he was still pretty good. And um, uh, that that's just how it was. And, oh, man, those three games were ugly in, 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 the, in the finals. They were so ugly. But anyway, let's talk about Quick. What do you got on him? I think that this this season for Jonathan Quick and this playoff run in particular is what cemented him as, you know, a force to be reckoned with and is still even today as his performance kind of declines as he get old as he gets older, you know, is still something that when you talk to players, they're still like I want him behind me in a game 7. They 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 still want him. They still trust him and it's largely I think because of his work this season uh because he was absolutely like just off the charts bonkers in that 2011-12 season. Um, goals against average of 1.95, safe percentage 0.929, 10 shutouts. Um, he he was just unstoppable. And then in the playoffs, it got even better. Um, you know, 1.41 goals against average, 0.946 safe percentage. Like that's ridiculous. Three shutouts in the playoffs. Like he he won that cup for them because he just played completely out of his mind like that whole year. And they had Jonathan Bernier behind him in net who, you know, is still a, he, you know, a capable goaltender in his own right. Um, you know, his time did not last with the Kings as is the fate of many uh, backup goaltenders, uh, you know, through their careers, they don't stay very long because they know yeah. uh, Jonathan Quick is in front of them and they're not going to move him. Uh, but, you know, he won the con Smythe after the, the 2012 finals and well-deserved because he was just, just looked unbeatable. And, you know, when he, even today, uh, in, in, even in this point of his career, when he gets in a groove, like he, he will look unstoppable. And I, I really think that this is the season that made people uh, kind of stand up and take notice of him uh, for, for who he was. And of course the narrative of him going up against Brodeur and this, you know, iconic goaltender who, you know, I think any goaltender would have looked up to him, uh, you know, as they were growing up and learning the sport. Uh, so I feel like it was very like old guard versus, you know, young, hot upstart kind of thing. Uh, when you look at the two of them. All right. So let's talk. 
obviously they didn't just get to the Stanley Cup finals. They obviously had to work their way up. So we're going to talk about the quarterfinals, semifinals, Eastern Conference finals, or in your case, the Western Conference finals. And so here's the devil's history. So against the Eastern Conference quarterfinals, they went against the Florida Panthers, who are ranked higher than them at a number three seed. The Devils win it in seven games. And that uh, it's also worth mentioning that their head coach, Peter DeBoer, that was his former team. So that must have felt pretty good. So obviously, when you go to seven games in the quarterfinals, that must take a lot out of you, right? And, you know, you're not as good as you once were. Nope. They go against the Philadelphia Flyers. Who, let's, let's be kind and say the Flyers didn't really have any business going to that semifinals because uh, they, they beat the favorite Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Devils' offense was just so much better than the Flyers. So, you know, that they, they, they beat them in five games easily. The, the Flyers won game one, four to three. But, you know, that was an offensive game, maybe just a fluke game. And the Devils really tightened up their defense. And then let's talk about this game. I always said rivals either bring out the absolute best or the absolute worst in you. And in this case, it brought out the very best in the Devils because they beat the New York Rangers, who were the number one seed, in six games. And you knew Marty Brodeur wanted redemption because I know, Devils fans, I know this is already a salty episode, but I do need to bring this up because we need to talk about the narrative. Remember in 1994, Brodeur got beaten by Manto? That that game-winning goal, that goal heard all over the world? You knew he was looking for redemption. Obviously, they dropped the first game three to nothing, but they win the next game three to two. Devils drop it again, three nothing. And then they win three straight. And we are going to the Stanley Cup finals and we are taking the number eight uh, seed ranked Los Angeles Kings out of the Western Conference. As Sarah said, that was kind of a miracle year for them. And this should be very easy, right? We're ranked higher than, than them in terms of seeding. And we should. This should be a cakewalk. The Devils are going to get their fourth Stanley Cup, right? Wrong. What happened? <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, I mean the Kings, like they snuck into the playoffs. I feel like there was a lot of turmoil that whole season over you know the Kings facing the same problem that they're facing today, which is no one can put the puck in the net. Um, they're, they're improving on it, but they they had the same issues, and they tried to bolster that through trades and through you know. Uh, who knows fear tactics i don't know but they sneak into the playoffs and the first thing that they do as the number eight seed is they have to take on the vancouver canucks who are the number one seed in the west um they were the regular season champions the president's president's trophy winners um you look at that matchup and you thought no way possible would the canucks beat or would the kings beat the canucks in that series like it just on paper no way um and then the kings won three straight against the Canucks and you know I feel like game one okay whatever game two you know start Canucks starting to get a little concerned game three Kings win one nothing over the Vancouver Canucks um and I feel like that, that's what you start to get a little a little worried um there are, you know it's Vancouver of course there's always goalie controversies goalie controversies between Corey Schneider and Roberto Luongo like there was all sorts of you know goalie shenanigans um but the Kings end up winning that series 4-1. Uh, Vancouver wins one one game. Um, and the Kings proceed on. And they, you know, again, they take on the St. Louis Blues, who are, um, you know, also very highly ranked. They're, you know, 
another team that you don't expect the Kings to to get past in the Western Conference semifinals, the Kings sweep them for nothing. Um, you know, I feel like St. Louis like didn't even put up a fight. Just that series was over. Uh, you get to the, the conference finals, the Coyotes, Phoenix at the time. Um, this is the last time the Coyotes, Coyotes made the postseason until right now uh, in the weird playoff uh you know, play in whatever we're going to call it. Uh, I feel like the Kings like destroyed that? their hope. I don't know. Is that a playoff? <laughs> I mean, is that a playoff or is that just like, I, I, I consider it playoffs. I consider it playoffs, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't think they would. Yeah. I consider it playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're still playing and like, we're not. So, you know, no, we're that, not. that's the definition of a playoff to me. <laughs> but, you know, they, so they, they face the Coyotes and once again, they win three straight uh, drop the game four to the Coyotes and then turn back around and win game five. Each of those series, they won their first three games. Um, you know, it, three series, they had two losses. Um, and, and I feel like, you know, that's maybe when people start to get a little like, you know, one series, okay, maybe you got lucky against Vancouver. There were injuries, you know, whatever. Um, but then they just rolled through the whole playoffs. Um, and it, it's very interesting in contrast to the way that the, the 2014 uh, Stanley Cup playoffs and the finals, uh, you know, turned out for the Kings of having to go deep in pretty much every series. Um, 2012 was the total opposite of they just sailed their way to the Stanley Cup final I by sheer force of will, I think. And you would think the Devils would just stop on them, right? Yeah. Is yeah. it fair to I say mean, that? There's, I think it's fair to say that I think the Devils were favorites and that the Kings were like, what are you doing here? Kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like people would, you know, maybe they looked at the Western Conference as like weaker. So, of course, the Kings just rolled through because the Western Conference isn't as deep or as tough or as whatever uh, as the East. But, yeah, I feel like even after all of that, even after rolling through three series, you know, knocking off the number one seed, knocking off, you know, knocking off all these teams that had been expected to do much greater things in the playoffs than the Kings. Yeah. I still would not have looked at that matchup and thought the Kings are going to win this. I would have thought it would have been a little more challenging than it ended up being. Um, And, you know, the the Devils certainly, you know, did not just roll over like the the series was challenging for the Kings, but yeah, it, it is not one that I ever would have expected. Like, oh, the Kings are going to win this, like, not once. So I hope you guys enjoyed that crossover episode. It was so much fun to guest star on that show, and you are in store for more. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Locked On Devils on the Locked On Network. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. And stick around for part two tomorrow, please, or don't, because you know what? That, that one was pretty tough. That's a tough pill to swallow. So Tune in if you want to, if you want to know my full opinion and analysis of why that one slipped away. Stay tuned.